always tell people, like China is a really big country. What are the options of having a baby in China? Hi, I'm Jacqueline Carmen, and I'm a certified breastfeeding counselor. And I'm Ruth Green, an international birth doula. And this is the Having a Baby in China podcast. Nothing shared on this podcast should be taken as medical advice. One should always seek advice from their own medical provider. Hi, welcome back to Having a Baby in China podcast, and I'm Jacqueline Carmen. I'm here with Ruth. Ruth, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. Yeah. So, tell me, what should we talk about today? Well, I was thinking about the most often asked question when people first start thinking about having a baby in China. Let's see. I think the first question would be, where would I give birth? Yeah, definitely. I think whenever somebody contacts me about my experience giving birth in China, they want to know. Which hospitals I've worked with, which ones I'm familiar with, and which ones I have heard good stories come out of. Yeah, I definitely get that question a lot and hear that question. What are the options? So yeah, let's go through. What are the options of having a baby in China? Well, the first thing I think that a lot of people coming from overseas need to know is that in China, home births and birth centers are not an option. So. The majority of people are going to be looking at giving birth in some type of hospital. Yeah, and there really kind of is broken down to three different hospitals, and those are the local public hospitals, the local private hospital, and an international hospital. There's a little bit of gray area between some of those, so we're going to break down what those look like. Yeah, so let's first talk about the local public hospital. These hospitals are government. Funded and run, and so the benefits of that is that you have the top doctors working there, along with the、um, most advanced technology that's available. So their NICUs and their equipment are usually going to be the highest in the city. The cost of the hospital will be fairly cheap. Along with those things, though, will be that it's usually pretty crowded because it's like those are the best doctors, so people want to go and see those doctors. Also, like if there's complications, usually、uh, those that need more attention will go to those hospitals. So you're going to be faced with longer lines and waits and less privacy. In those types of hospitals, also the NICU to take note of are run very strictly. the The care is excellent, but parents are not allowed to go into the NICU. Generally speaking, there might be some exceptions depending on、um, what city and what hospital you're on in. But generally speaking, the NICUs are run quite tightly, and no visitors are allowed. So that I think is there anything I'm missing about the local public hospital that I haven't mentioned? You mentioned both the cost and the lack of privacy and busyness, and so on the one hand you have a hospital that's quite affordable, while at the same time really possibly the highest trained doctors. But because of that, like you said, there's just so many people, and so even when you go to the NICU, you can be like, why can't a parent see their baby? Well. 
in order to keep that cost low, then they can't monitor the parents and do all the procedures for getting in and out of the NICU and all of that. And so, yeah, the low cost kind of comes at a cost, so to speak, you know, like. And in those situations too, like there's because of the low cost, then there's not these private rooms. And so if your baby is going to be next to someone else's baby and the room is only so big and you're having other people in there. And so, you know, privacy, but also like these are sick babies and they need to make sure that to protect them. And so Although it might, you being with your baby, you're also going to be exposing this other person's baby who's also very sick and needing a lot of attention. But also mm-hmm. went for you yourself, going talking a little more about privacy, when as the pregnant person going to see the doctor, oftentimes you'll find when you see the doctor, there are other people in the room discussing your your weight and your diet and whatever, you know, the test results, the doctor is talking to you also in front of the people that are sitting behind you in line in the same room. Yeah. And I think especially as a foreigner coming in, government hospitals in general, in my experience, are they're not overly concerned about other people's customs. They have their way that they've been doing it for a while And, you know, that way is people lined up and one after another and multiple people in a room and a very kind of assembly line type thing. And so it can be a little bit jarring when suddenly you find yourself in this situation and you're talking about weight and all of that. In Chinese culture, it's completely normal to talk about a stranger's weight. Yeah, that's culturally acceptable. (laughs) And to a lot of people that are from other places were like, how dare you ask about my weight in front of other people? And so, but they're not as concerned about other cultures and cultural sensitivity as some of the other options might be. Another really big thing to mention is that many of these hospitals, again, due to the the busyness of the hospitals and the just kind of cultural practice that has been done for the last few generations, The pregnant person's partner is not expected to be involved and may not even be allowed to be involved. And so depending on the hospital, sometimes you can pay an extra fee to allow your partner to come into maybe just the delivery room, sometimes into the labor room. But that all depends on the hospital. Yeah. And again, you know, depending on the hospital, (laughs) we say, uh, you know, depending on the hospital a lot, because I always tell people like China is a really big country and there is so much variety from area to area and city to city. But anyways, depending on the hospital, they may or may not have English services or services in other languages and they might not allow for a translator to come in. Yeah, if you're not comfortable with speaking Chinese on your own, yeah, that could be an issue, make you feel uncomfortable, or, you know, maybe your partner could come and, or you could have a translator. Yeah, it just, it does depend on the hospital. One more thing that I want to mention about the public hospital is that because they are government run, they are held a lot closer to the laws. And so this comes into play in areas like how soon do they want you to give birth post due date? Or if you have a pregnancy complication, what policies are they going to strictly enforce, such as, you know, uh, in routine induction at 37 weeks for X 
um, pregnancy complication or whatever. And so that might be something to know about a public hospital. Yeah, good to know. Okay, so let's talk about the second option, which is the local private hospital. Sometimes I kind of see these as in between the public hospital and the international hospital. So these hospitals are owned usually by a Chinese company. Most cases, uh, the doctors are local. They often do not speak English, but they may have English-speaking nurses to translate. The private is usually run, you know, not government-funded, and so you're going to be spending a little bit more money, but they usually try to be a little more accommodating to the, the birthing person's desires. They, you might find more options like maybe being able to labor in water and having a little more privacy, like having your own labor room or, and delivery room. The range for the private local hospitals <laughs> is very vast. So it, really it just depends on what city you're, you're in. But yeah, so you're going to be spending a little bit more money, but, you know, the facility is probably going to be a little bit nicer. But if there's complications, that's it's likely that you might not be able to stay there or, you know, the doctors will be like, we can't handle this situation. Like if unforeseen complications with a baby that's born that needs to be in the NICU, you might need to transfer because they don't have the facilities to take or the equipment to deal with those situations. A lot of these are aimed at your low risk client who want to just have like a private and simple birth. Yeah. And sometimes they're, they're more accommodating to allowing your partner to be with you. Um, maybe they have translation, but maybe they don't, but they do allow someone to come in to translate. At the same time, though, they still have a lot of the Chinese cultural practices. One of the things that always makes me laugh is the pee cup. Like when you go to give a urine sample, they at least the private hospitals that I've been into, they still have like just this little plastic thing that you carry across the hospital to give. Like you give your sample in this little plastic cup and then you carry that and you give it to the tech. Things that are incredibly common here and yet might be a bit jarring to somebody coming from outside of the country. Yeah, definitely. We didn't mention it too much in the public, but this is 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 similar. It's just, yeah, the way they run the hospital could be very similar where you are responsible for your own medical papers and then the whole you have to register first and you pay to see the doctor and then you go to this window and then you go to the doctor's office and then the doctor will give you okay you need these tests so then you take that paper and then you go to wherever you need to go get that test done like you mentioned the the urine Well first you have test. to go pay for them right Oh, yes, like I, of I course. Yeah. The doctor First writes out the... pay for it. Yeah. And then you bring both the the receipt and the script for the test to where you need to get your blood drawn and then where you need to go get your urine tested and then where you go to get the ultrasound. And then you at each of those stations as well, they give you the results and then you carry that around. And then you go back and see the doctor and then the doctor will say, look over it and say, 
whether things look great or we need to watch this or that. So that that process is still most likely going to be the same in the public hospital and the private hospital. Yeah, I would agree with that in my experiences as well. I think that they have a little bit more training in cultural sensitivity. And so they might be a little bit more patient with you because mm-hmm. they're not yeah. government funded. Like they are privately funded. So their their funds come from either their investors or from their clients. And so if they are not able to sell their packages, right, then the hospital's not gonna do very well. And so they are really seeking to serve the the client, the patient. Right. Versus the public hospital. They you're they they're, don't care. you're not paying them very much. You know, so they don't really need your money. In fact, but, I think in the a lot of times the public hospital, they'd be like, less people, please <laughs> go somewhere else. So in the private hospital, it you'll tend to find people that are much more friendly because they they want your business. Like you mentioned, there is a huge range though, too, right? Like you we're gonna talk about this in a moment with the international hospital, but there's a bit of like a bleed over between a private hospital and international hospital. Um, in a lot of different areas. So you might have a private hospital that a local private hospital that's quite similar to a public hospital. And a lot of people are like, why would I pay X amount of money when it's basically the same care? Or you might have a private hospital that really does strive to have high quality, high standards, um, very personalized care, very clean rooms. Uh, a lot of options, like you mentioned, the water birth. One private hospital in my city, it's not here anymore, but that was here before, had a labor and delivery room. So it was only one room. Everybody else, we'll have to talk about that in another podcast, Jacqueline, about what birth looks like. But in the other ones, you would go to, you know, you check into your room, and then once you're four or six centimeters dilated, then you go to the labor room. And then once you're fully dilated, then you go to the delivery room, and you kind of go from room to room to room versus a labor and delivery room where you're you're all in one room and so there's just a lot of kind of bleed over between them yeah definitely it depends but yeah you could be there's a lot of especially in the public hospital you know we didn't say specifically but it's likely that you would labor in a room with other ladies and that's another reason why they wouldn't let your partner to come in because Mm -hmm. just more people and yeah so yeah so let's move on uh, to international hospitals yeah so international hospitals their goal is to meet international standards so Some of them are probably locally owned and some of them are definitely internationally owned. But their goal is they're not only looking at what the Chinese CDC says, but what the international practices, whether it be the WHO or ACOG or these other organizations. This might come into play if your baby has a a slightly different anatomy scan reading, right? So the Chinese culture might treat it in one way and the WHO or ACOG might have different standards. And so international hospitals try to look at both of them and and present kind of a more holistic view to the patient or client. Something else with the international hospital is oftentimes they speak English and they possibly will have Western doctors 
But along with those is the cost. It's going to be quite expensive. However, if you have insurance, they often will work with insurance where we didn't mention before, generally the local private and the local hospitals, they, they don't deal with insurance, especially international insurance. So you're going to be most likely paying out of pocket, but the price is going to be a lot more affordable than the international hospital. You're looking at really for a lot of the international hospitals, like 10 times the cost. It's not just a little bit more, but it is it is a significant amount. Yeah. Well, what happens if I'm not in a tier one city and I don't have an international hospital option? Yeah. So there's a couple of different options that you could look at. So some of these smaller cities that do have private hospitals or public hospitals that do kind of want to give a little bit more personalized care, they might work with an outside clinic. So these clinics, you would actually go and register through the clinic and even do a lot of your prenatal appointments there in like a smaller, more private setting. And then once you get to where you need to be doing like the anatomy scan or later on where the, the hospital wants to see you every single week, the clinic will actually often come and pick you up at your house and then drive you to the hospital. And they'll often take care of, I mean, this comes into play a lot with the language. So they definitely will offer English and they may even offer another language like French or Japanese to cater to whatever expat community there is in their city. And so they'll come and pick you up. They'll take you. They'll sit you down at a little table. They'll go and pay all those bills and do all those registrations and everything. And then they'll come get you and they'll say, okay, let's go see the doctor. And then, you know, see the doctor and then they'll go and pay for all those tests that we mentioned in the, okay, well, let's go do all these tests. And they'll literally like walk with you carry your bags and help you with everything every step along the way. Yeah. So that can be nice. Yeah. Especially if you don't have the language, because like we mentioned, you know, in a public hospital or a local private hospital that doesn't have these kinds of services, if you don't speak Chinese, it could be really quite overwhelming to walk in the hospital and be like, all right, where do I go now? What do I do? And then even if you figure out how to go see the doctor and then the doctor is like, okay, well, you need to go do a test on the fifth floor and a test on the seventh floor and a test on the basement too, you know, and you're like, I don't know where to go with all these things. So um, that can be quite helpful. However, again, it comes at a cost and they also will often work with international insurances, but again, with the cost. So they can often be almost as much as an international hospital. So some people might say, well, I don't really want to do that. Or the quality of this liaison service in my city isn't really what I'm looking for. Or maybe there isn't a liaison service in their, in their city. And so a lot of people, it's been kind of a common practice for a long time is to travel to a city that has a bigger or nicer or more specialized hospital. And totally understanding in COVID situations, this isn't happening quite as often as it used to because it, it can be harder to travel outside of your city and then being able to come back to your city and with quarantine or maybe like trying to get back to your job. Also like working out the logistics of where you would stay. Like you don't have a house. So are you going to, do you have a friend in another city that you can live with or are you going to just stay in a hotel? So those are things to think about. Again, with COVID, this isn't happening as much anymore, but there were, there's also the option of returning to your home country. 
to give birth. Sometimes, you know, that that does work out. You can go back, you've got family, you can stay with. There isn't one clear-cut answer for every single person. Yeah, I mean, whether you're traveling to another city or your home country, there's just a lot of logistics to follow through, and so everything has to be weighed pros and cons. One of the difficult things would be definitely if your partner is able to travel with you. So if you Mm -hmm. are traveling to your home country, but then they have to stay here and keep working. Like you mentioned, especially in COVID times, like traveling to another city and then risking quarantine. Yeah. And often also, like if you're going to travel internationally, you're going to have to leave earlier in your Mm -hmm. pregnancy, where if you're just staying in the country, you can kind of wait a little bit longer. It definitely depends on your job and also what's available in whatever city you're in. I do want to mention, though, I think the hugest factor in any hospital is the doctors that are there. Like if there's a really amazing doctor in the public hospital or maybe this amazing doctor you find in the international hospital, it just, yeah, it all depends on the staff that works there and what your experience are because yeah maybe this public hospital is super overrun very crowded but this doctor provides amazing care and you just love that doctor and that doctor is totally worth going to whatever hospital that doctor is at and conversely you could have you know a private hospital that you pay a ton of money for right? And has clean rooms and pretty pictures on the walls and all of that, and yet receive really inadequate care. So yes, it's important to look at all of the options that are available to you. And we'll talk more about this in a later podcast. I do just want to mention one more thing, especially if you do find that one doctor that you love, it's not common to have continuity. So you might have Mm -hmm. a great prenatal doctor that you love, but they more than likely will not be at the birth of your baby. And so... Yeah, so definitely in the public and and private hospitals, but do you find that's true also in the international hospital? Yeah, I really do. You might find this one doctor. I mean, I personally had one doctor who was amazing and actually went to bat to be able to provide that kind of service where she was at her client's births. But that was something that she worked out directly with the hospital. Again, a lot of things can be solved with money. So some hospitals might have a really hefty fee around 8,000 RMB or more to kind of say, I want this doctor at my birth. But, you know, just like anywhere, doctors have limitations on their schedules. And so in general, whether it's a public hospital, a private hospital or an international hospital, you kind of get whoever's on, on staff. So, yeah. Those are the options that we tend to find in different cities here in China. I think, again, it all depends on what city. So I would encourage anyone who is looking to have a baby or they're pregnant to reach out to those in your community to figure out where are other people having babies and what their experiences were And then check it out yourself and also Mm -hmm. reach out to our having a baby in China community and ask what options are 
and experiences other people have had. Yeah, I was just going to say, definitely go to the havingababyinchina.com website and click on your city and see what options are listed there. That's kind of a good starting point. And also you can request through the website to be added to our WeChat group. So we have a Having a Baby in China main WeChat group. We have several groups, but the main group has hundreds of families across China. And so more than likely there's somebody in your city or a city nearby and they can connect you with the people that they've known. So much is word of mouth these days, right? Like you meet somebody and then they know somebody who gave birth at this place or whatever. Yeah. And also I want to mention that having a baby in China, we have a course. And in that course, Ruth actually gives a talk on this, on how to choose a hospital and goes through these different options in a little more depth. So I encourage you to check that out. Yeah. It has a handout as well to kind of help you work through the different options. But we want to hear from you guys too. So we gave you a really brief overview of these different options. And I know there's so much that we left out. So leave a comment in the comment section. If you've had experiences in one of these, or you think there's something that we missed, or you have questions about a certain aspect that we talked about, we will be checking those comments and look forward to your feedback and want to address the questions that you guys have. Because that's what makes this worth it. How can um, people reach us? Yeah, so I think the best way is through the havingababyinchina.com website. I think all of our contact information is there. Is that correct? Yes, we definitely have WeChat info there and the QR code. When you scan that, it will come to one of us. Also, you can reach us at our email, which again is on the website, havingababyinchina.com. Yeah, so I am Ruth at havingababyinchina.com. Jacqueline, are you Jacqueline at havingababyinchina.com? Yes. Jacqueline, and that's J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-Y-N at havingababyinchina.com. We look forward to hearing from you and uh, to recording another post for you next week. Yeah. Thanks, Ruth. Thanks for chatting with me. (laughs) It's always good to connect. Yeah. Until next time. Until next time. But I didn't say it well enough. (laughs) Do you think it's okay? I think it was pretty good.